Welcome back, Everyday Business Leaders. I'm Melanie Ake, your host for today's show, coming to you from JP the Geek Studio right here in Greenwood. I am thrilled to have you with us today. Stay tuned. You're going to meet Rose Myers from Pilsing ATA Martial Arts. I am super excited for you to know and grow with her today. Amazing story and amazing lady. Remember to subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode. You ready to meet Rose? Here we go. Hi, Rose. Hi, Melanie. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm really excited to share your story. You are doing some amazing things, lifting people up in our community. And I don't know, I'm just like, you need to be on here so that we can share your amazing journey. It's an honor and a privilege. Um, I follow uh, John Maxwell and, and I teach his concepts to my kids. So um, I appreciate the the thought and the invitation. Oh, gosh. You know, business leaders, a lot of people can say you can have a title, right? You can have a title of a business community member, but being a leader is something completely different. And I love what you do because when you give people skills and you teach them something that they can also take with them their whole life and teach, that is, that's just something you can never take away, right? Learn a skill, learn something that you can be a mentor in, and then you just become so much more confident in everything else that you want to do. I agree. We've had several students who, you know, they, they eventually leave us because they grow and, and develop and sometimes get into other sports, but they've become, you know, varsity athletes or um, they've gone on to bigger and better things in life. And they'll come back and they'll tell us that, that learning that they could be a leader and then developing those skills is what ha allowed them to do all the things that they did. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up in the 80s. <laughs> Me too. Karate Kid was a big movie, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and, Ralph Macchio. And so it was probably the first time, if you weren't familiar, because I grew up here in the community in Greenwood, and thinking like, I don't know that we had martial arts around, or I wasn't exposed to it. I was in sports. And yet I think this is something that it brought awareness to. And so I know all of the people in our class were like, oh, well, what are the different belts and how do you achieve those? So I would love for you <laughs> to talk to us about like, what's the process? Where do kids start when they first learn martial arts as, as kind of um, an industry? You know, what does that look like for people that have no idea how to get involved and what the process is? Um, so at our place, we invite students to come in and we have an introductory program and that introduces them to a couple weeks of classes because nobody wants to make decisions sight unseen. So we want them to experience, um, classes so that they can make an informed decision. Um, as they go through the, the program, we have an eight week cycle and throughout the week, uh, throughout the eight weeks, we work on basic skills and it's kind of like reading or math, you know, you start with your letters and your numbers, and then you start building them together. And then you have words, and then you have sentences. And we do the same thing with our basic techniques. Mm -hmm. We teach them how to use forms, we teach them how to use them in sparring, we teach them how to use them in self defenses. Um, there are nine 
color belts because in the Korean world, the number three is close to godliness or kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so three times three is, of course, the best that you can get. Mm -hmm. So everything is based on nines. So there are nine color belts um, and each form is divided up into half so that the first half they're working on their physical skills and yes, their memory. But the bonus of the second half is it is... A close repetition of the first half just done on the other side of the body. So the memory isn't as hard and we really get to hone in the skills and help them develop that confidence of how to use them properly, how to do them properly. And so they, they climb through the ranks. Um, the color belt ranks will take about three years to go mm -hmm. through, uh, a year as a beginner and two years as advanced. And then, um, depending on how dedicated you are, maybe four more months to get your um, your black belt. Wow. Well, you have such a great title because you are a pretty rare um, achievement. And so I've been researching you since I've met you. And I think it's amazing to just share your journey of what inspired you to kind of start this process, you know, thinking about what, what does karate or taekwondo look like for people in their lives? Maybe they never experience it. They never have anybody that they know to do it. But your story is kind of unique because you experienced something that caused you to say, I want to I learn how to protect myself, right? Yes. Talk about that. You were at the University of Dayton. Is that yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was an engineering student at the University of Dayton. I actually have an environmental engineering degree. And my senior year, uh, there was a, a girl who was raped outside of my campus house. And that was the first touch, really, that I had with the, the feeling of needing to protect myself. And I was interning at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And one of my coworkers happened to be a taekwondo instructor. So the next day, um, we learned about it through campus police doing their investigation. So the next day I went to work and I told him what happened. And I said, no one's touching me. Teach me how to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And that was my entry. I, I remember telling him clearly, I'm not making any stupid noises and I'm not jumping. That's dumb. So that was my entry. I really had no interest in the martial arts. I just wanted to learn how to protect myself. Mm -hmm. But um, in the process... My husband and I both graduated. He, he he was not my husband at the time, but we both graduated from college, and um, he got a job in Seymour, Indiana, and at the time I was working in Cincinnati, and uh, he happened upon an ATA taekwondo school, and so he started taking taekwondo, seeing some of the cool things that I was doing, and eventually I ended up moving over to Indiana to join <laughs> him and started training more officially and it's a perfect marriage with engineering because, you know, it's just the physics of the body. Mm -hmm. And so I get to continue my love of engineering and teach STEM to my kids, which is amazing and fantastic and one of my favorite parts of my job. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I continued learning myself and still owning a school was not ever part of my plan, but you know, God has other plans for us that <laughs> we are totally unaware of. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was told after I uh, got married that I was infertile and then I could not have children. And uh, again, God has other plans and he defied the doctors and I managed to get pregnant with one child. Mm -hmm. And I, I could not leave that one chance, that one opportunity 
in daycare or somewhere else. So I retired from my engineering job and I started teaching Taekwondo because I could stay home with her during the day. And then we basically handed off the baby. I would give it to him and she could get daddy time to herself and I could go teach. And that is actually how I started in this world. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Like when you just think the door is closing or you have to adjust or like, why do I have to make these decisions? Right. Those are the things that some people would consider failure. And I know you're a, you're a big proponent for this, like don't think of failure as failure. Think of it as an, an obstacle that you're overcoming and figure out how to learn from that, right? And the mindset is where this is an amazing journey. Because when you think about something that triggers you, when you saw that occasion happen at Dayton, and then you, you could think, I'm really scared, I'm going to quit school, like I'm terrified, I don't, I don't want to go outside anymore. Like you could have all the different feelings and emotions. And yet you said, hey, I'm stronger than this. And I just want to make sure that I have enough knowledge that I can protect myself and then go protect and share it with others and how to do that. So I just commend you because a lot of people, that's a a leadership quality that it's really hard to pinpoint for, you know, when yourself, you don't think like that's important. And then you start to realize like, I, I am living a life that I'm really purposed to do. And that transition is like, it explodes your heart, doesn't it? Because you see what you're doing in your community now. Yes, especially when um, I see things that I have just naturally done because, you know, they needed to be done, but then I get to see the results of them. And it's very humbling to see what God has done with the the skills that he's given me and the heart to want to help people. Oh my gosh, I know. And and so I want to encourage people, right, that are listening to this that say, hey, I don't know about this. What kind of opportunities for the just the public community? So we can come and sign up and watch a class, like you said, for adults and kids. So anybody can learn this, right? We don't have to be a karate kid. <laughs> no, um, we start at age three. Because unfortunately, you know, they're the most innocent and they, it's really hard to explain to them that they can be in danger. And so we start at three and we teach them the same skills, just in a different format. All of our programming grows with the natural abilities of the children. So, you know, threes and fours, it's, it's similar to a preschool classroom, but they are still learning how to defend themselves. Most importantly, they're learning how to be vocal and they're learning how to get themselves help if they find themselves in uncomfortable positions. Mm-hmm. Um, they move on to five and six, which is still in our preschool, but we're working on getting them school ready. You know, things like right and left and following directions and all that thing, all that stuff. And then when they hit seven, they move on to my floor. Um, my, my husband teaches the three to six year olds Mm -hmm. and then at seven, they move on to my floor and I take everybody from seven up and it's, it's fun when I get the teens and adults because you know, they, especially the adults, they come in with the, (laughs) it's harder to teach the adults than it is children. It really is. We have bad habits, right? uh, Well, adults have egos. I hate to say it, Uh but you know, nobody wants to look stupid or feel like they don't know something and kids don't care. So um, the the teen and adult class is very unique mm-hmm. and very interesting to me. It's one of my favorites to be in. Um, kids need a lot of care, yes. But sometimes those teens and adults, 
they need more care mm-hmm. because they need that support that they can do it. And actually, I learned through martial arts so that I could grow so much more in my confidence as an adult. I didn't do martial arts as a kid. I didn't start until I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea how much more room I had to grow until I did martial arts. And looking back, I'm, I'm, I had no idea. But you had that incident, right? You had something that drove you to say, I want to learn this because it's going to help improve me. I did, yes. And so if, if somebody's kind of listening today and they're like, oh, I think that might be fun for exercise. But, you know, when I look at some of the videos that, that the kids do, just not the stance or the protection or thinking of somebody, um, you know, is coming at you in a, in a supermarket or a grocery store or, a, you know, um, a parking lot, right? We think of us being protected out at night and being afraid to do that as we get older. But having that stamina in your body, having that ability to know where do, how do I move if someone's coming around me or at me, what part of my body can I move to protect myself from, from this angle? And I think as I watch you in some of the videos, <laughs> it's just really interesting. Like you, you really teach that significance, the, the posture of the movement, why you do it. And then, and I think as you're learning that, I think that gives you the confidence to know when you have to pivot and what, you know, and, um, I don't know. I'm an ice hockey player. <laughs> so I can compare that to learning how to ice skate, right? Sure. We had a cone and then I got a chair and then I got my stick. But the process that I've, I've seen you on some of these videos is really, it's phenomenal to think that you can have so much confidence just in these stages. And so the time that it takes though, because I know when you earned your black belt, it's taken you 20 years. From black belt to where I am now, yes. Um, it took me 20 years to get my uh, mastership mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a lengthy process. ATA does not allow you to rush. They teach life skills. That's why I'm a member of ATA among any other Taekwondo organizations. And one of those life skills is patience. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a world where we have immediate gratification constantly in our face, People need to learn that, you know, good things come to those who wait. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in our organization, when you hit black belt, um, whatever rank you are, that's how long you have to spend there. So, for instance, I'm a six-degree black belt. I'm here for six years. So I have to find other things to focus on learning other than just the physical elements because it's not going to take me six years for that. But there are so many other things to learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gives me time to hone in on teaching and being a better instructor and finding the things that really help the students. And so you, you get that extra time. And that's why it takes so long to get up to that level. And in ATA, you can't get mastership titles until you're a six degree black belt. Wow. So they want to make sure that you're going to stick with it and mm-hmm. that you're not just, you know, a self-proclaimed master or somebody who's going to quit as soon as they get that title. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they want you to be dedicated and to stick around. So that's why it takes so long. Yeah. Well, statistics show <laughs> right, <laughs> that you're one in, what's the number? Like one in? Um, I don't actually know that, but what it's I can tell you. It's a pretty big number. <laughs> it is. Well, and being a female makes it an even bigger number. Yeah. What I can tell you is that, um, when I went through my master's class, 
being a, an engineer, I've, of course, I everything is numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, my master's class was about 30 people. The next level up, which is senior master's, that's seven degrees, mm-hmm. were about half that. And then the next level up, chief masters, which are eighth degrees, were half of that. Wow. So, yeah. So there were about 15 senior masters, and there were only about five or six chief masters when I went through the process. So That's you could incredible. see how how low it whittles down. And I mean, I can see just in my own place, black belt is a major accomplishment, mm-hmm. but unfortunately it's kind of that end point where people are like, hey, I got it. What they don't realize is you may have gotten that piece of material. You never get to wear it if you retire mm-hmm. after those three years. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the fun starts. Yeah. That's where you get to give back, right? That's the clarity, the patience and the clarity that comes once you once you get really clear. But it's the consistency. I love this theory of consistency, right? It's like you don't know what you don't know until you do it. <laughs> but you really don't know how to step forward until you take the action. And once you take the action, then you get really clear, you get courageous, and you become confident in what you want to do next. And I think that's kind of your journey where I've seen you go. And since I've known you, I'm like, wow, this is really amazing to watch you build this community because you're, you're right down here in Greenwood. And for people that, you know, have never really experienced your, your program, I think they should, (laughs) they should come and at least check it out and have their kids check it out. And as an adult, like let that ego go, go have some fun. Right. Yeah. Fun. I totally agree. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake, founder of Everyday Leaders. And I'm excited to share with you a new training resource for your team called The Leadership Game. The Leadership Game is a tool. It's administered exclusively by John Maxwell team members. And when you bring this assessment tool in to lead your organization, it shows you the current level of your leadership and gives you tangible and actionable results to move forward. So don't delay, get in the game, The Leadership Game exclusively from Everyday Leaders. Um, I wanted, uh, Joe's got a clip here that I wanted him to play from, um, from your website that also talks about, you know, everything that you and, and Brian are doing. So if we can pull that up, Joe. Are you ready? Ready for a challenge learning new life skills? Want to become a stronger leader? Look no further than Pilsung ATA Martial Arts. We foster a family atmosphere, growing and learning together. Through education, dedication, and perseverance, you can do anything. Building stronger, more confident leaders for tomorrow. We are Pilsung ATA Martial Arts. Um, in conjunction with the city of Greenwood, uh, they were redoing their website and they created basically a window of businesses um, on their website so that people could see and experience Greenwood mm-hmm. and all the offerings. And so they asked us to participate. So um, we worked with their company to make that video and then that allowed us to put it on their website. I'm not sure if it's on the Greenwood website anymore but um, it was 
Yeah, it was it was fun to do. The kids were excited about starring in a video and, <laughs> and being, you know, on camera and all of that. So yeah. it was fun. Well, and, you know, you may miss the building. Like if you're going down 31, it's on the left-hand side. So you have to kind of come up, you know, across 31 if you're headed south. Um, but once you get inside, like I love how that represents how much space you have. It's huge and all the things that you guys do. So um, I want you to talk about some of the the people that you have had some impact in that have an impact in your life because I know that you did have a student you do have a student Julian and I'd love to share a little bit about his story your connection some of the things that have happened that maybe the public isn't aware of that I think just brings again that confidence the things that you've seen to get clear on how you can really pour into to others to help lift them up so talk to us about Julian Julian is a 15-year-old black belt. Um, He started with me eight years ago. Um, So he's been with me longer than he's been without me. Um, And that actually is something that the kids point out. Um, But when he started with me eight years ago, it was because he was having some immune issues. And, you know, he kept getting sick. And the doctors were like, well, maybe you just need to get into a physical activity. And that'll boost your immune system. And so he did. And Actually, Taekwondo was fantastic for him. He really enjoyed it. It did help boost his immune, and he stopped getting sick as much. He still would get sick more than most normal kids, but not once he got involved and and active. It wasn't too bad. And then he hit puberty right around the same time COVID came, and I think all of the, the hormones and the growth and everything, he really started to get sick his illnesses would last months and um they they went to riley and they went through all the different kinds of specialists trying to figure out what was wrong with him um they they couldn't they kept putting labels on it and his mom was such an amazing warrior she she would just look at what they would try and label him with and she'd be like no this doesn't fit these are his symptoms. This is what this says it's supposed to be. It's not the same. And she was relentless and she was an amazing fighter for her son. And, um, in September, um, he, he got deathly ill and, um, they finally convinced the insurance company to do some genetic testing. And that genetic testing came back that, um, he was in bone marrow failure. Mm. Um, that, that 15 year old kid has had to the best of my knowledge, at least six, it might be seven now, bone marrow biopsies. Wow. He's got a, a shunt put in um, because as part of the process, you know, he gets um, transfusions two to three times a week just to survive. Mm-hmm. He's been in quarantine since um, he tanked in September. Um, and the only way he can survive is if he gets a bone marrow transplant. So they, they asked to put, um, that I don't think it's called a shunt. It's, it's whatever the, the thing in his chest so that they had, it's a port. Like a port. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a port. Um, so that they had easy access. And one of the things they have to do when he's ready for his, uh, transplant is to kill all of his n- natural bone marrow. Mm-hmm. So that he has to go through, a two-week intensive process of chemotherapy and all of that. And that, of course, will kill his immune system completely. So then he has to live in a bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he was actually supposed to be in the hospital right now getting his transplant. But unfortunately, the person who was um, poised to donate um, got some bad news themselves, and they did not meet all of the quality checks, mm-hmm. and so they were unable to donate. So um, he, he got set back. They're working on Plan B. Unfortunately, the, the next in line is um, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to jump through all the extra hoops. In the meantime... All of the testing that they did to prep him for his transplant will have expired Mm -hmm. and have to do it again. All the process again. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the amazing thing about this kid, though. 15 years old, right? Four in one million kids get this disease. Mm -hmm. So the doctors don't have confidence. You, You were talking about confidence earlier. They really don't know the best way. They don't have all the answers like you would pray they would for your child to, mm-hmm. to save them. And so this precious kid agreed to participate in a research study. And they took um, his biological parents, obviously, are his parents, but they're not perfect matches because mm-hmm. he's a little bit of each. Um, his sister is, but she is significantly younger than him and not able to do that. Um, and then, of course, they, they look through the, the donor bank for people who would match. Mm-hmm. So what this research study did, because they don't honestly know if it's better to have biological not-quite matches or non-biological perfect matches, he agreed to let a computer choose. Oh, wow. So they put two people from the bank against his two parents, and they put the four of them into a computer. And if you read the Daily Journal article, yeah. this kid says... It's okay because God is behind the choice, mm-hmm. and I know it's in his hands. And that's how amazing he is. Mm-hmm. This kid has been knocked out of being able to test for his rank that he's worked so hard for so many times. And yet he comes in with a big smile on his mm-hmm. face, cheering on all of his classmates and celebrating all of their successes, even though he didn't get to have his. Wow. Well, I want Joe to share. I know you have a clip of something pretty special because that's the kind of person you are. (laughs) You feel somebody's heart, not just hear what they say. And we talked a little bit about this. You know, Julian had some wishes, but you really felt his wish. And you were able to, to share something, to make something happen that was really pretty awesome for him. Can you share a little bit about that? I know Joe's got a clip. If you could bring that up too while she's sharing, that would be incredible, Joe. <laughs> so, um, after a little while, um, Julian's mom started putting some wishes out on um, Facebook. They got a really cool basketball from Adam Sandler, who is one of Julian's favorite people. And uh, they're working with 21 pilots to maybe um, do something with them as well. And when I started seeing some of that stuff come across, I realized that there was a wish that he desperately wants. He didn't, he didn't vocalize that to me. Nobody asked me for it. But after trying so hard to get his next black belt, which was his third degree, and not being able to because he kept getting sick and he kept getting knocked out of the ability to do so, 
Um, I emailed Grandmaster, uh, who is the Asian that you see in the picture. And um, I told him about Julian. I told him what an amazing kid he was. I told him that there's a possibility that things might not go his way, but that he has put forth so much more effort than anybody else to get that third degree and that his battle was so much harder than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. And I asked him if he would please promote him to third degree early. And uh, I knew he was going to be at a camp that I was going to be at a couple weeks later. So um, that's where we're at in the video. I'm literally the person behind the camera taking that video. Mm. And Grandmaster um, immediately agreed, he, without a doubt. And he's like, what, what can I do? And I said, he, he just really badly wants his third degree. He's tried so hard to get it, and he keeps getting knocked out. And he said, okay, I will bring his certificate, and I will bring Aww. his belt, and I will present it, and you can video it, and then you can give that to Julian. And uh, he, he signed the belt. And uh, so I brought it back. And uh, in the meantime, while all of that was going on, I um, contacted Julian's mom. And I said, hey, I'd really love to stop by and visit Julian and raise his spirits. Would that be okay? And she was like, absolutely. <laughs> so here I'm thinking that I was going to be looking at him through a window or something. And uh, I sent out, so half the black belts, well, more than half, are, you know, they're all our black belts that we've created. Um, but some of them have retired from being in Taekwondo. We had two kids come from college. They came home because this was early December. So that was during finals mm. and they still came home from college. Um, one of the men came down from Chicago, his job relocated him up to Chicago. So he had to obviously stop training down here. And when he heard what we were doing, he jumped on it. Um, this kid, this redhead that is, is talking to Julian right now, he's 16. He's just a year older than Julian. They've trained together for the whole entire eight years. And he's two years into his third degree black belt, wow. whereas Julian um, has just not been able to get it. Um, so, yeah, all the black belts uh, was a, were a resounding, yes, we, we want to support this. There were 24 black belts on that lawn. And um, so I came in a big trench coat to hide my silks <laughs> and um, they all came in cars following and the garage provided perfect shelter so that um, the family had no idea what was going on. And so I was standing there chit chatting with Julian and I looked at him and I said, do you hear that? And we use the same music for his ceremony that we do for all the other black belt ceremonies. Mm. And when we stopped talking and he listened and he heard the black belt ceremony music and he oh. got this huge smile on his face and his mom ran for the, the phone because she knew something was going on at that point in time. So I took off my trench coat and the black belt started filing in around the garage. And uh, so we, we played the video that Grandmaster um, created for him and gave him his belt and his certificate in person. And I told the black belts that they didn't have to say anything because there were some younger children in there, but they all um, voluntarily went up and at least bowed to him and wished him well. And, you know, the ones that had been close to him and trained with him for so long mm -hmm. um, had deeper, more heartfelt words for him. And it was, it was a really touching um, 
cold <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and, you know, y- you can see the family atmosphere because even though you can't see it in the video, um, we had two parents, one on each side, who were also taking video. And um, the the parents of the, the kids who couldn't drive, they all circled the, the house because, you know, they it's a big family. They all love Julian and mm-hmm. they wanted to support him and they wanted to be part of that very unique um, ceremony. And so, yeah, um, we yeah. wanted to raise the spirits and let him know that um, that we're there for him and that he's got a huge family rallying mm-hmm. around him. And the belt he ordered for the third degree he was supposed to test for is still hanging in my studio mm-hmm. because I know Julian is... He's an honor roll student. He's in robotics. He's in tennis. He's in band. He's an amazing kid, and he works so hard. And I know he's going to beat this. He's going to get healthy, and he's going to come back, and he's going to earn that belt because he won't settle for anything Mm -hmm. less. How amazing. I love your heart. (laughs) I love your heart and the community that you're serving and the kids that are going to just have this ripple effect because of what you help them to share in this moment. It's, it's awesome. Thank you for all you do. I do what's needed. Yeah. And what God calls me to do. Oh, you're amazing. I am, um, you know, I, I want to just celebrate you. I want people to be encouraged to know that this is something that if they're struggling right now, so many families are still struggling post-COVID, right? To feel confident that they can be in a community, that they can be close connected to people that they're not you know going to spread these diseases still and we, we still don't know enough but I think this is one of the sports that it gives you that confidence you can take this with you forever once you learn this skill once you learn these techniques patience is a virtue right? that's <laughs> yes, why it's it in is. the bible <laughs> a lot it's a virtue Um, And this is something that's great that everybody should try at least one time in their life to see if it can make an impact like it has yours. Yeah. Thank you so much for just joining us today. Do you have any words, final words of wisdom? I know you have you have so much to share on your heart. But um, for those families that, you know, may just be struggling with with connecting into their own family in a safe space. You provide that. Any any words just from your wisdom of working with families and kids through all these years? Um, you asked me earlier what my favorite quote is, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm gonna go Gandhi. Um, and it's actually my my personal email address too. Um, and that's be the change you wish to see. So all of our students, in order to get their black belt, they are required to complete a community project. And some of the things that these kids come up with are amazing. We had a kid um, just at Christmas who, he was like, you know what? There are tons of people who don't get Christmas cards over at the retirement facility. So I'm going to get as many people as I can to make as many Christmas cards as I can. And he had a relative who worked there. And he went and he delivered I don't even, he, they had to keep bringing in more and more and more Christmas cards, at least to my place, because the kids just loved it. And they kept making Christmas cards. So I, I'm not really sure how many he ended up with. I'll have to ask him. Mm-hmm. But he got to go around and deliver Christmas cards 
to uh, tons and, and tons of seniors in Otterbein, and I can't even imagine how that made them feel, but the importance is, you know, how it made him feel. And we want to foster that concept of, you know, he's nine. That kid is nine. And now he knows the power that he has to change the world Mm -hmm. if he just puts some time and effort Mm -hmm. and love into whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what we try and encourage all of our students to do, but especially our black belts. And they have to do it for every single black belt that they earn. Wow. Wow. Thanks for being a catalyst. Yeah. You got to empower people (laughs) to be the change. It's so important. Uh, Love your heart. Thank you, Rose. My pleasure. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. That was awesome. (laughs) Um, You guys, thank you for tuning in today to Everyday Business Leaders. I know this was something I was looking so forward to, to sharing Rose's heart, her story, and to really help you think and grow differently in our business. Um, Our community is so special, and we need to take care of each other, and we need to help each other grow. And it never ends. This journey is amazing. In our local Johnson County community, we have so many resources. So if it's something that you are thinking about, you need to get a hold of Rose Myers at Pilsing ATA Martial Arts and and get involved. It will help you and change your life. Um, Remember, we keep bringing the best insights from our local community. So I want you to stay tuned for more episodes filled with wisdom, innovation, and inspiration. This is Melanie Ake signing off from JP the Geek Studio, where better IT service is just a call away. They say own it, secure it, and protect it. Until next time, don't forget, subscribe to that channel, turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. Everyday Leaders helps you to become a better leader in your life. And remember, it's not what you do in a day. It's what you do every day that makes the most impact. Thanks for tuning in.